0: Showcasing beloved favorites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. From Ramsgate in Kent, England, it's a very warm welcome once again to the latest edition of the Archive Show on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. My name is Jason Drury. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's a big hello again to our listeners at cinematicsound.net and wherever you get great podcasts who have the audacity to put this show on their schedule. It is great to have you join us. And if you are listening to this programme through Apple Podcasts, I do as my phone is shut up on iTunes, on your iPhone or whatever. Please take the time to give this show a five star review, even if you don't want to. It really does help get the show noticed and introduces new victims. I mean, listeners to the program. Now, if you haven't listened to this show before, the archive is dedicated to new releases and new recordings of older scores from film and television even though sometimes we do um, break that rule from time to time, but it's my show, I can do what I want, so there. During each show, I would also mine the vast film music archive with my very own cinematic sound radio shovel, fully sanitised and disinfected, compliant to COVID restrictions, to unearth beloved favourites and forgotten gems. Now, later on this first part of two of episode 29, yes, episode 29, You will be hearing from Ernest Trost's score for the 1990 sci-fi horror comedy, Tremors. Music from the Bernard Herrmann masterpiece, Obsession from 1976. And we finish off part one of the show with James Horner's already classic, but also highly controversial 1989 score from the Disney sci-fi adventure, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But we kicked off part one of the show by playing The Ransom from Jerry Goldsmith's dark, moody and dramatic score from the 2001 thriller Along Came a Spider, directed by Lee Tamahori and starring Morgan Freeman, J. Sanders, Monica Potter and Penelope Ann Miller, score which was recently released as a deluxe edition by Veres Saraband Records. We now continue the show with this That was the main title composed and conducted by Bruce Broughton from The Oval*, the science fiction comedy drama TV series created by and starring Seth MacFarlane as series protagonist Captain Ed Mercer, an officer of the Planetary Union line of exploratory space vessels in the 25th century. She also stars Adrienne Plesky, Penny Johnson-Girard, Scott Grimes, Peter Macon, Jade Lee and Mark Jackson. Now, inspired by several science fiction sources, mainly the original Star Trek series as well as The Next Generation, both of which are heavily parodied and paid homage to, the show follows the crew of the starship USS Orville on their episodic adventures. Now, already two seasons have aired, the 2017-2018 season and the 2018-2019 season, with the third due to release on Hulu in late 2020 please tell me where I can find Hulu in the UK if not Miss McFarland, please make sure it's on Fox please 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 now the show's music utilizes an orchestra of 75 players with the episodes divided up over a team of three composers John Debney John McNeely and Andrew Cotty. as you heard Bruce Broughton wrote the score's theme and composed the score for the pilot Seth MacFarlane said, concerning the music during the interview, quote, we score it like a movie and we really put as much time into the music as we do into the effects, And because of MacFarlane's intention to score the series like movies, the music produced by his composer team has been some of the most exciting and dramatic music composed for TV in years. Now, a two-CD set of the music from Series 1 was released by La La Land Records in January 2019. And in January 2021, music from Season 2 was released. Now, film music fans found the music from Season 1 sensational. And amazingly, Season 2's music surpasses it in its quality. Now, what we're going to play for you in this edition is to play music from two episodes, one on each part of the show. It is music from the show's pivotal two-part episode of Season 2, Identity. The Orville is puzzled when non-biological organism Isaac ceases to function. The Orville visits Isaac's home planet, Kalon to ask for repairs. However, the primary in charge only reboots Isaac as a courtesy, his observation mission having been terminated and not conducive to seek joining the Federation. While Captain Mercer argues in vain to reconsider the merits of the Inferior Federation an Accidental Discovery is only the precursor of a rude awakening for the humanoid crew. Now the music for this episode was composed by John Debney in his typical dramatic and exciting style and showcasing how Seth MacFarlane wants the music front and centre in his series for dramatic effect unlike other science fiction series we can mention. Debney's music sets up the events of part two of this episode in perfect fashion. The music of which you will hear next time on part two of this episode of The Archive. And by the way, in this suite, listen out for Craig Huxley's Blaster Beam. So here now is music from the season two episode of The Archive, Identity, part one. Original score composed and conducted by John Debney. I do love a good cliffhanger. That was music from the Season 2 episode of The Orval. Identity Part 1, original score composed and conducted by John Debney. This recording as well as music from all 14 episodes of Season 2 is available on a 2 CD set which was released in January 2021 by La La Land Records. And music from Part 2 of Identity will feature properly on Part 2 of this episode of The Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. This is The Archive with Jason Drury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Now next up is a score which pleasantly surprised me in its quality when I first heard it due to the fact that the producers partially replaced it. Music from Tremors, is the 1990 monster horror comedy directed by one Underwood. And written by Brent Maddock, S.S. Wilson and Ron Underwood And starring Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Vin Carter, Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre Tired of their dull lives in a small desert town of perfection, Nevada Repairmen, Val McKee and L. Bassett try to skip town However, they happen upon a series of mysterious deaths And a concerned seismologist, Rhoda Studying unnatural readings below ground With the help of an eccentric survivalist couple, the group fight for survival against giant worm-like monsters hungry for human flesh. This film was the first installment of the Tremors franchise and was followed by five direct-to-video sequels and one prequel. Tremors 2 Aftershocks in 1996, Tremors 3 Back to Perfection 2001, Tremors 4, The Legends Begin 2004, Tremors 5, Bloodlines 2015, Tremors A Cold Day in Hell 2018, and Tremors, Sweeker Island in 2020. A television series imaginatively titled Tremors the Series aired in 2003. Now, composer Ernest Trost was best known for his touches of country music in many of his scores, which is probably why he was chosen to score Tremors. Trost's approach for the score involved two contrasting themes that he would develop throughout the film. The first was for Val and Earl, and the other for the ferocious Gamboids. To reflect the rusted desert setting of perfection, the composer opted for a bluesy rock vibe. The heart of the movie for me was really the friendship between Val and Earl, Tross explained. I wanted a theme that would capture the underlying optimism, and the faith that the future would all work out, they could just come up with a plan. I really wanted to catch their enthusiasm, and I think this theme, in all its variations, really did work in that way. But the Game Boys theme, Tross's initial attempt, was deemed too overdramatic. With the appearance of the Game Boys highlighted in traditional horror music fashion, with a duels like string section ascended with metallic percussion. By this point, Tremors had gone through several cuts as the filmmakers fine tuned the tonal balance between the genres. I held back and tried to be more subtle in my approach, as that seemed to be what the filmmakers wanted, Trust admitted. But upon screening the movie with a new sound mix, the producers felt that Tremors would benefit with some additional orchestral power. Universal Pictures then financed an additional pickup session with Hollywood Session Players. With Ernest Trust on another project, producer Gail Heard hired Robert Falk, composer of the Police Academy Films. Given three weeks to write the music that would work alongside Trost's already composed score, Falk brought in orchestrators Randy Miller, Brad Dexter and William Ross to help create 25 to 30 minutes of additional material. Utilising a 98-piece orchestra, Falk broadened the musical scope of Tremors as much as possible, conforming the music to an updated cut, which integrated seamlessly with Trost's score. To hear Folk's side of the story, please tune into my two-part special interview with the composer, which is now available to hear on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network, which also includes some of his additional music from Tremors. But here now is music from the original score, to the 1990 science fiction horror comedy Tremors. Composed and conducted by Ernest Trust. That was music from the 1990 Monster Monster horror comedy Tremors. The original score composed and conducted by Ernest Trost. The original soundtrack recording was released over Christmas 2020 on a two-disc set. which included Robert Falk's additional music
1: by La La Land Records. Welcome back to the show. Recently, I had the pleasure of
0: interviewing Michael McGeehee for the Cinematic Sound Radio Network about his new discoveries project on Bandcamp, re recording Forgotten Radio Scores by Bernard Herrmann. One of the last questions I asked Michael was about the final Herrmann scores composed at the end of his life and career. One for him clearly stood out. Obsession, the 1976 neo-war psychological thriller directed by Brian De Palma, starring Cliff Robertson, Genevieve Bouillard, and John Lithgow. The screenplay was by Paul Schrader from a story by De Palma and Schrader. Pointing to Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo as a major inspiration, the story is about a New Orleans businessman who is haunted by guilt following the death of his wife and daughter. During a kidnap rescuing attempt that goes wrong, years after the tragedy, he meets and falls in love with a young woman who is the exact lookalike of his long dead wife. When Bernard Herman gave Brian De Palma his written score for Obsession, he inscribed on it, "With thanks for the finest film of my musical life." De Palma was shocked, for when he glimpsed the inscription, he thought Herman had written his final film score. As it was, it would be his penultimate film, with Herman's last hurrah being his brilliant but atypical score for taxi driver towards the end of the same year, 1976. It was clear from the start that this score held a particular meaning for Herman, as was revealed during the recording at St Giles' Cripplegate Church in London. Just before the session began, Herman Whispered to editor Paul Hirsch, John Milton is buried at St. Giles, about six feet from where I conduct. If I do a good job, he'll whisper to me. The film produced from Herman a grandly symphonic style score which resounded with a haunted passion. It was as much a movie score as it was Herman's own requiem for his uninhibited scoring style that had become a ghost of itself in Hollywood. He composed a score filled with powerful themes, ominously underlined by an organ or harp, sometimes with abrupt choral flourishes, with eerie evocations of a mystery. Herman contributed more than just the music. He devised the title sequence, outlining it frame by frame to the director, so it would dovetail perfectly with his haunting main title. The music of this most spiritual of scores seemed to have a comforting effect on the composer. Genevieve Bulliard visited him on the scoring stage, taking time to praise his music, with the result that Herman began to cry. It has been said that he carried a picture of the actress in his wallet right up until his death. Back in New York, when the dubbed film was screened for director De Palma and various executives, Hirsch was shocked when the lights went up. Benny was sobbing, he said. He cried for about ten minutes. Nobody knew what to say. It wasn't until the following day that Herman explained why. Quote, I want to tell you why I was so upset yesterday. When I saw the picture all finished, I felt as if those characters had left me. So, for Michael McGeehy and your good self, here now is the music from the 1976 Neil Waugh psychological thriller, Obsession, original score composed and conducted by Bernard Herrmann, and performed magnificently by the National Philharmonic Orchestra. Music from the 1976 New War Psychological Thriller Obsession. The original score composed and conducted by Bernard Herrmann and performed by the National Philharmonic Orchestra. The original soundtrack recording was released in completed form by Music Box Records. And do not forget also the superb re-recording performed by the Titia Prague Philharmonic Orchestra conducted by Nick Rain. Released roughly at the same time by Tadlow. Records, which is also highly recommended. This is The Archive with Jason Drury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Now, as you usually hear at the end of this desperate attempt for increased listenership, sometimes by me or by the other guide, the American-sounding one, as a relative of mine once called him, we do ask for requests from time to time. The closest we have got to request recently was from an old friend of mine from my school days, the renowned Birmingham, UK-based comedian Duncan Oakley, who said to me for some reason that watching this film with his family now recently increased by one, reminded him of me. He was watching Honey I Shrunk the Kids, the 1989 comic science fiction film, which was the directorial debut of Joe Johnston and starred Mick Moranis, A.B. O'Neill, Robert Oliveri, and Matt Frua. The plot involves the story of an inventor who accidentally shrinks his own and his next door neighbours' children to a quarter of an inch or six millimeters in new money with his electromagnetic shrinking machine and accidentally throws them out with the trash where they venture into their backyard to return home while fending off insects and negotiating hazards. An unexpected box of its success, it grossed $222 million worldwide and became the highest grossing live-action Disney film ever His success spawned a franchise, including two sequels, a television series, and theme park attractions. Now, as many of you know, James Horner had a reputation of using existing themes in his scores. A lot of the time, his old music from different scores, but also on occasions from other composers, which makes the score for Honey, I Swank the Kids highly controversial. Due to the fact that this is the only score in public knowledge where he was successfully sued by the estates of other composers after Horner had borrowed pre existing themes. The first victim of sorts was Nino Rotter. Horner borrowed the theme from the 1973 Federico Fellini film and recorded for use in his score. The Rotter estate, they have Rotter's name and credit included in the end credits crawl. Also, Horner's main title music is a nod to Roman Scott's piece Powerhouse B," written in 1937, which is often referenced in Carl Starling's Warner Brothers cartoon scores. Scott's piece was used without payment or credit, leading to his estate threatening legal action against Disney. Disney then paid an undisclosed sum in the Outer Court Settlement and changed the film's cue sheets to credit Scott. Now away from all this, the music is a showcase for the London Symphony Orchestra's world-renowned brass section, with the addition of numerous wild percussion items ranging from slapsticks and shakers, as well as harmonicas, accordions and so much more, which Hornet continues to utilise throughout the score. With the Main title emphasising the film's more comic moments, it leaves Horner to use straight dramatic scoring to address the bizarre miniature landscapes that the four young heroes find themselves in. With the first main theme being the main title, the second is called the science theme which tends to accompany Rick Moranis' character Wayne Slazinski and his various madcap inventions that he uses throughout the movie, both the thinking machine and the additional machines he uses to find the kids as the story progresses. It is this theme which is the one that sounds like Rotter's Amacord theme. There are numerous bold and vivacious statements of both the main theme and the science theme throughout the score. The third recurring theme is the friendship theme, which emerges as the Salinsky children and the Thompson children begin to bond over their need to work together to survive the garden. And is also used to convey the love that Wayne has for his kids and his desperation to find them. But more often than not, it captures the relationship between the kids and Auntie, a friendly aunt who helps them on their journey. The rest of the score is given to Horner's unique brand of intricate and clever action and adventure writing, which is always a highlight of Horner's scoring palette. Recorded at Abbey Road in London by Sean Murphy, in a way but he can feel the space of the scoring stage in a similar fashion to Willow and Balter, amongst others. It is a great example of Horner's works on family films, even if at times, as always, we would recognise the odd Hornerisms from other scores. But this does not deflect from the high listening entertainment value of the music. So, in dedication to Duncan Oakley his family, and, his, and particularly his new daughter, Sunny, we end part one, of this edition of the archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network, with music from the 1989 comedy science fiction film Honey, I Strong the Kids. The original score composed and conducted by James Horner and performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. The original soundtrack recording was last released in 2009 by Entrada Records. I do hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far on this edition of the archive. Part 2 will be with you very soon, but until then, for me, Jason Drury, it's take care, stay safe, and happy listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his
1: voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please
0: email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at SinSound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to TeePublic to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at CinematicSound.net.